0: Hello and welcome to the Business as a Christian podcast. We understand that many Christian business owners, managers and leaders have to balance the elements of their faith, the demands of their business. Simon struggled with this for years and has been led to share his stories and those of his guests with as many people as he can reach. We hope you enjoy the podcast. And now, here's your host, Simon Meadows.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to today's podcast episode of the Business as a Christian podcast in which we talk about the challenges and the the, the the glorious joy of being able to be in business and to live our lives and live our lives through our business but as a Christian. Today I'm joined by a guest that I've already spoken to listeners. Uh, Stan was a guest on my, my other podcast series the Business Success and Coffee podcast and we had such a joyous time and we recognised that we were both people that uh, were following um, our Heavenly Father and Christ. So I invited him to come along and I just want to give you a little bit of an introduction, listeners, into Stan. So Stan is a keynote speaker, author, which is why he was on the other podcast, entrepreneur and leadership consultant. He was a corporate executive for several Fortune 500 firms and comes to life on stage as he speaks about people-centric leadership. He has an unbridled obsession, helping leaders and their teams get unstuck, finding their deep unseated superpowers and the dreaded kryptonite holding them back at work and at home. Stan has got a book, Living a Rich and Intentional Life. So hopefully listeners, you'll see there's some connection there with the intentional life of actually living our life and business as a Christian as well. And this brings out his philosophies on living a life with intention, as well as his years of research on uh, neurological and physiologic. Physio- get my teeth into gear. Physiological. It's the end of the day for me, Stan. Tools to master the mind, body, and our soul. Welcome to today's podcast.
0: Oh, thank you, Simon. I had so much fun on your. Uh... On the other podcast and, and, and to know what you're doing here and putting faith out here into the business world and vice versa i'm so proud of you i think this is a great concept and i just uh, thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on here this is going to be awesome yeah man, i'm
1: looking forward to it. So, start us off, Stan, by telling us a little bit of something that you're grateful for from the past week. You know, we're as we're recording this, we're we're recording it on Friday. So, tell us something that you can say is something good that you're grateful for.
0: <clears throat> you know. <sighs> Gratitude is such an important thing, especially in in our faith. And I think in the past week, you know, uh, when we talked last time, I don't want to hit right off the bat with my listeners with uh, stark Mm -hmm. information, but when we talked last time, we talked a little bit about, you know, my wife's been on a journey with cancer for six years, and uh, so, you know, in and out of remission. And so, you know, we haven't traveled a lot because of her immune system. And so this last weekend, we were invited uh, to a party in California here in the States. And um, it was our first time actually just being in the car together for six to eight hours and just listening to podcasts and talking. And, you know, the party I was going to was my first boss. uh, I hate to say this because it dates me, but 40 years (laughs) ago. And uh, he's obviously went on, he had CEO written all over his, uh, his face uh, back 40 years ago, and he's went on to do amazing things. And so he had a He had a huge uh, kind of a reflection party uh, in California last week. So just that time of being invited, that time of being together, that time of uniting, that time of every married couple. I mean, we get caught in certain things, but boy, that was just that was just nuggets of gold for us to just spend time together, Simon. Yeah,
1: it's a surprise, isn't it? I think when we go on journeys like that and we actually spend so much time talking to each other. And, and I know, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you went on the journey. And obviously, you know, I will, I'll ask how your wife is uh, in, in a moment. But, you know, my wife and I, when we sit down, we sit down for dinner, we usually talk very little. But where we do talk is in the morning when we wake up, because my wife always brings up and giving some secrets. here, But she always brings up a cup of tea and she brings me up a glass of juice and we sit, and we do more talking, uh, and I always have a time of prayer as well whilst we're together, before we get actually up and out of bed. Uh, And that might be a shock to some people. Oh, aren't you straight out and into the gym? No, because I found that's one of the most precious times for us to talk. The other is actually when we're in the car travelling together. And we might have some music in the background, but actually we have to really treasure those moments and those opportunities to talk to each other in that way don't we and and they come from some surprising opportunities they're not always when we're sat down quiet over dinner or you know if we've you know got a particular time that we've set aside to talk you know and i think that's so special when that comes up so i'm i'm so happy with that so and i'm sure listeners you you have your moments as well so i've got to ask the the questions down because you have just given us an insight there how how is your wife doing at the moment and if this is personal and you don't want to talk about it then fine but i don't want to go into depth but i feel i need to ask how she is so and give us a name so we can pray for her as well
0: so her her name is sharon and for those of you out there so we uh this is uh this is always the tough part because uh, we met in third grade, so not a lot okay. of uh, secrets in uh, in this lifetime together. In fact, our mothers, uh, my mother turns uh, ninety uh, a little later this summer, and her mother is 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 up there in age, and uh, you know they're both best friends. And so it's great to have that kind of family together. But um, so this was kind of a shock to us, it, you know, her going through this journey. But we know that it's for a reason. And uh, the blessings, I can't even begin to tell you where God plays and puts his hand in this whole process because there's a reason that we live in Arizona that I never would have imagined. And it had to do with my kids moving out here. And we moved out here. And because of that, they have one of the best cancer hospitals, Mayo Hospital in the world, really? especially with the type of, of, of cancer that she has, which is non hodgkins lymphoma. But my wife, Sharon, so just so happens we were out here. We said, well, let's just start going to, to to Mayo. And that's where they uncovered this. And you know, only God would have probably led us all in this direction and so anyway um we go up and down and um right now we're we think we're okay uh you know with ai and all the amazing things out there we've elected to kind of kick the can down the road as best as we can because we believe that ai is doing such an amazing job of moving medicines forward and again you know you can get into a whole faith-based discussion around ai mm. simon is to yeah, you yeah. know is that god's design is it not can it be used for good or evil but but because of it we believe that there are cures and remedies out there that we would not have seen 10 years ago so we'll we're always going to be on this journey simon but right now we were good enough to get in a car and travel six hours and be around a lot of people and, uh enjoy life as god meant it to be so yeah. um we're very blessed we're very blessed
1: and and i think you know you you mentioned uh the uh, the, the discussions over i'm not going to get into the ai thing but we i think very often when we're in business and we have decisions to make we very often get opportunities we get tools that get given to us and some of these even as tools you know we we perhaps accept them for the results that they give us but how often do we look at the ethics behind those tools that we use even mm-hmm. such things as social media yeah you know, and it's it's like money you know money itself is not evil. It's the way that we use it. It's the way that we treat it. And I believe very much that in our businesses, we have to look at all the tools that we get offered. And we, as business people, we have to make a decision. Does this move me closer to my plan? Does it help me get the result? But as Christians, we have to look at that tool and say, actually, can I use this for good and for for the for the glory and the goodness of God, not just for the glory and the goodness of my business, and that's when we we find ourselves making a different decision. Have you have you found any tools like that where perhaps you've had to question it in business, whether it's being a right thing to do?
0: Oh, boy, you know, things have just escalated so much, Simon, especially in the 40 years that I've been in. It seems like every time we come up with a new technology, you're always questioning it. AI mm-hmm. is one of those things that's on steroids. I mean, it, it, it literally it, it's, it's got my mind. I mean, you know, I I put out a newsletter and, and if I wanted to, I wouldn't have to write it. I could just let AI do it. And yeah. um, but I choose not to because I want my voice in it. Um, so I don't know, you know, the thing about it, you mentioned, and I'll just stay on AI for a second. I had a guy who knows I'm a Christian and he sent me uh, the King James Bible uh, chat box uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so I just started playing with it, asking it any and all questions about, you know, verses, faith, everything. And it started just spitting out answers, like Jesus is there on the <laughs> other end talking to me. And, and so it was kind of fantastic. So, you know, how we use it is going to be, the real question. And we know that there's bad guys out there and they'll use it for for, for for, wrong and evil. And we know that there's good people out there with great intentions. And so, you know, we just have to trust God in from, from the standpoint that whatever tools are out there, um, we have domain over, you know, the ability to develop them. Yeah. But the social aspect of it is something that we're gonna have to pray really hard about, I think, to make sure that again, that uh, the good outweighs the bad, Simon.
1: Yeah. And, and I think I think you've said something very important there that as as Christians you know we should pray about our, our business we should pray about the decisions we're making in our, in our business. Yeah I I sent an email to a client earlier today and this is a really difficult email and this person could sort of uh, drop me as as their coach. So and I know this person is on a, a knife edge. So You know, I can do it under my own power, and I, you know, in the years gone by, I would have taken control of that, and I would have thought, "I know best. I know what to put in this email." But I stopped. I had a a sense of stillness, and I said, "You know, spirit, come and tell me what words to put in this email." And then I stopped, reread it through, and said, "Just guide me a little bit more. Let me just make sure I've got this right, because I can still mentally try and interfere with it." And I. I think what you said there, Stan, is that as Christians in business, we don't just have to pray about our business. We should pray about things that are happening in the business environment as well, shouldn't we? You know, we should pray over social media. We should pray over AI. You know, Because that power of prayer, as I know the listeners are going to pray for Sharon, um, and I suggest listeners, you do, and add Sharon to your and Stan to your prayer list. Yeah, you know, we can add lots of technology. We can add other things to to our prayer lists as well, can't we?
0: Oh, I'll tell you what. You just gave me a nugget there to think about that I hadn't mm. hadn't. Uh, that's a takeaway from me. I, I know that I've got uh, three uh, three guys that uh, you know we came together. We meet on Wednesday mornings at six a.m. in the morning at a coffee shop, and it's just one of those kind of. Uh, we're all uh, we all represent different decades uh, okay. in, in in our life. We get somebody in their thirties, forties, fifties, and then I get to represent the old guy. So, um, but anyway, you know, one of the things that we do is, you know, I always make sure, hey guys, you know, where are you? You red, yellow, green, you know, in your walk with Christ. And you know, if you're red or yellow, let's talk about it. And if you're green, you know, God bless you. But you know, one of the things that I told them to hold me accountable to is what you just said, and that is that. You know, you need to have that dialogue during the day, not just one time, but you need to have that dialogue with God, I mean, as you would, you know, any friend that you have. And before I go into any meeting, including the one we're on right here, it's, you know, I just need to stop, pause, and just say, hey, just help me to say the right things. Help me to uh, not be uh, all Stan, help me to be all you. And, you know, help me to bless others, but also to be blessed. God wants us to be blessed too, Simon. And and, and so, 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 so to talk about that and to pray, and that could be six, seven meetings a day, but I'm like you, I've got a lot of clients. So just to pray for them and to pray for the situation they're in and the environment they're in. I, I, I'm so happy you said that because I need to add that in, in mm. into my depth of uh, talking to God. Is is It's not just about the situation at hand, it's about the environment. It's about the things that are going on that we can't control, that we only know that he can. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, and... Sometimes those things take a long time to yeah. to come to light. Sometimes those things uh, you feel, oh, this isn't the way that I expected. This is not doing any good for me. But we don't understand what good it's doing for others uh, and for those around us. So yeah. Um, so thinking about uh, things that you've questioned, and you know, you've you you have these meetings, and I love the red, and you know, are you red or amber? What, what's been something that's been significant in the the consulting business and the, the author and the keynote speaker business that you've perhaps had to question um, as a Christian? Is there anything particularly that's come up where, rather than look at it as a business where you've had to think, okay, how do I look at this as a Christian? <clears throat>
0: I loved your podcast because you ask the best questions and i try to come as unprepared as possible so that i can just answer as raw as possible um you know in my journey throughout my corporate uh lifetime uh, i always work for larger companies and when you work for larger companies politics and religion are going to be off off limits. I mean, you just can't talk about them at work, and and, and I've even had to have some conversations with people that I've that have reported to me about. You know, we got to take some of these political uh, conversations off the table. They become a little too, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a little too heated, and they're not bringing us together. They're kind of dividing us, and religion can, you know, unfortunately, do the same thing. Um, so, so. Some of the companies that I've worked for, they're very, the last company I worked for had 300,000 employees. And so, you know, my goodness, talk about a very diverse company. I but I think you've got to, in their values, I think their values sometimes were driven by marketing as opposed to, you know, what do you really believe? But I knew that for, as a Christian, um, I was going to have to kind of uh, just not really opine on on what I believed. But I have a pretty strong saying, Simon, is that, you know, uh, you know, I'm the Bible that someone has not read. And, and so to me, the way I live, the way I operate, the way I come across the way I love the way I do my you know all the things in life, I, I do want people to kind of look and say, there's something different about that guy. And I don't know what it is, but I got to find out. Yeah. And so if somebody asks, then obviously, it's open game. But I think if you just approach business realizing that you can't always bring these topics up, but you can be the Bible that someone isn't reading. I think that's really powerful for people to think about, Simon.
1: Yeah, and and it's interesting, you know, and we mentioned blogs uh, uh, earlier on. You know, what I started to do, I found uh, I, I read something called UCB. Uh, and it's United Christian Broadcasting over here in the UK. It's a radio station, and they they send something out on a a quarterly basis which has daily readings and daily lessons. Mm -hmm. And what I find is many of those that I read actually are really good business lessons. And as you say there, rather than have an opinion, what I try and do is if I'm writing a blog article, I'll just reference the fact that, oh, in Proverbs it said this, and then talk about about it. So I don't go into a lot of detail, but I just try and get people to see that, like you would, and I give credit, if I saw something in Daniel Priestley's book, and I say, in Daniel Priestley's book, Key Person of Influence, it says this, and that inspired me to talk about this. Why wouldn't I say the same about the Bible? Why would I say, oh, I was reading recently uh, in in Matthew uh, about how people cope with this so I thought I'd share this with you and I'm not sharing the, the biblical side of it but I'm just anchoring that difference to the source as, as well and I think being we talked about this in one with one of the guests you know being seen as somebody who's different sometimes you can be called weird you can be called strange but actually I quite like that and we talked about the casting crown song crazy people uh, but if people see you crazy in a, in a good way, then that's when they start to ask you questions, isn't it? And that's when they start to see the example that Christ is living through us as well. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing. How, how do you think... Because, I mean, 300,000 people, like you say, diversity is off the scale with that. How do you think you perhaps did something differently? So, you know, you talk about how you act, how you behave can you give us an example the listeners an example of perhaps something that you purposefully have being or or done something differently
0: well that's a really good question and i have to think about that because you know i think we all have a dna we're all wired a certain way and in, in for me uh you know i think even when we talked on our last uh on our last podcast, I talked about you know clients that I work with in the executive world today. It's about doubling down on you. And, and I don't know if you remember that, but I said you know mm-hmm. one of the things that I truly believe is that that great leaders need to be a little bit selfish in order to be very selfless. Yeah. And, and when I say selfish, I mean you've got to take care of you. You've got to have those great morning routines that prep you for the day. Uh, whether that for me, it's mind, body, and soul. Yeah. i start every morning off with mind body and soul and my soul piece is i do the same thing as you i get certain you know rituals around the bible that i do but i also you know i work out because i want to be physically fit and i know what it does from a neurological and physiological perspective i know that it just you know it lowers cortisol it does all the brain things you want it to do but then i'm also listening to very enriching uh leadership and, and faith-based podcast while i'm working out so yeah. so my ability to to take care of me and, and and I said this, you know, when my wife was first diagnosed with cancer, I said, you know what, if there's ever a time with a lot of responsibility in my plate that I have to double down on me, it's now mm. because it isn't about me. It's about taking care of me so that I can take care of her. Yeah. And I can take care of all of the issues that are going on at work. And I can be that guy because you know what? The people that either reported to me or that were in the in in, in the company, they got their issues too, Simon. Yeah. And you know what? They need that anchor. And if I could be that anchor for somebody, that's what God put me on this earth to do. And so, you know, you, you've got to look at God as though, in fact, one of the things when I take clients through something, I... I we go through a lot of self-awareness. We go through the good, the bad, the ugly, We go through all the things that make up people, Simon. Yeah. And when we do that, I have a firm belief because I also study something called ontology, which is the ability to basically become who God wanted you to be. You can do that with a belief. And, and, and it starts off with I am statement. You know, Jesus said I am seven times in the book of John. He was declaring who he was at his core. Yeah. And so I believe that we as Christians and business leaders can define and choose who we want to be. And one of the things that I want to be, and I you know, I, I have, these are sayings that I have every morning and I read them at night and I read them in the evening. And you said, what am I unique about? One of them is that God is my CEO. Yeah. And I say, and I believe that, and you know, it's funny. For as long as I've said that, Simon, I woke up a few weeks ago and I said, "What does that mean? What does that even mean? God is my CEO, because I in that thing, you know, God is my CEO. He does more. Uh, he does far more than I could ever ask or imagine. And when I woke up thinking about that, Simon, what hit me was, is he really my CEO, or is he a vendor? Is he?" some 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 guy that you know, when I've got a problem, I call 1 800 and say fix my problem. And okay, fix my problem. Now I'm back to what does it mean when he's my CEO? Well, you know what, any good company doesn't have three CEOs, they don't have five CEOs. You know, you don't see eagles flock together, you see one. And so if God's gonna be my CEO, I have to define what that means and what actions I will take to show, prove, and embed in my mindset that he's truly my CEO. So you ask the question, what do I do differently? I prepare myself differently to make sure that I can be, the key word is be, I want to be that guy that has got embedded into his fiber as a as a, as, as as a husband, As a dad, as a grandfather, as an employer, as a friend, that's who I want to be. And you have to double down on you to do that. Yeah.
1: And and I've written that down on my my note. God is my CEO because I remember one of the first companies I ever physically worked at as an employee. And we had a great uh, CEO or managing director, as they were called in the UK then, called Bob Barton. And Bob was a tower of a man. He really was. Uh, and I remember going to his office and he was one of those CEOs. That his door was always open. And yes, there was a hierarchy. Yes, there were managers that you could speak to. Yes, there were supervisors. You know, yes, you had to get through his PA. But you, he, he always gave access to every single member of the business if they chose to walk through his door and speak to him. And he... He had a presence about him where you knew you could talk to him about anything. If I'd got a real problem at home, if I'd got a problem with money, I knew I could speak to him. And this guy had a, a character about him that yeah, was so soft and gentle, but you knew when you'd done something wrong as well. He never shouted. I never heard him lose his temper or anger. Uh, and th- that business went through four or five mergers and acquisitions over the years. And he stayed as CEO throughout every single one of those because every mm. company that acquired it saw that something special. And I don't know whether he was a Christian or not, but he, you know, he felt um, that you could talk to him. And I think, you know, when you said God is my CEO, I think for the listeners, this isn't a CEO that is in an ivory tower that you can't talk to. This isn't a CEO right. that you can't reach, that you have to make an appointment sometime. Next month, this is a CEO that walks the shop floor. This is a CEO that talks to you, listens to you, uh, and you know there, there's and and leaders. You know, you'll see this standing leaders. There are different styles of leadership, but actually, God's style of leadership is a servant leadership. Isn't it? You know, serve like Jesus. Jesus live like Jesus. Um, I love that. I, I think there's a particular picture I've got in my mind of God being my CEO. So, uh, and I'm sure the listeners will agree with that. So that's, that's a great thing to do. Uh, if you were going to give, and I'm going to pick on, on this slightly differently. If you're going to give a leader in business, because that's who you focus on, uh, a leader who is perhaps stuck at the moment, you know, they're, they're struggling to find their place as a leader. They're struggling to find their style as a leader because they're trying to balance their their Christianity and their business. What kind of things would you say to that leader to help them get unstuck?
0: Well, you know, a lot of the foundation that we work on is basically, I think, even the self awareness and even the well being. Because again, you know, in my book, Living a Rich and Intentional Life, you know, I get into a lot of the you know neurological and physiological aspects of hey, you got to be healthy. You got in order to get unstuck. In fact, I've got a client saying. That you know wanted to get into leadership. You know we wanted to talk a lot about her leadership style, and because her world was kind of turned upside down, both it wasn't great at home. Uh, everybody owned her calendar, but her. Uh, you know, by her own admission, she you know wasn't uh, happy with the way she looked physically. Uh, her habits in the morning, you know, turning turning on the news first thing and seeing killings and it just it yeah. just this went on, Simon. So, you know, part of what we had to do was take a step back before we could even get into the leadership aspects. We had to, we had to employ uh, some very strong rituals and habits in her life in order to start off the day right, in order to end the day right, in order to uh, decide to. And the reason I use the word decide in, in Latin, decide means to cut off or to do away with something that doesn't serve you. We had to decide what it was that that she needed to to leave behind so that she could could have the energy and to be this new person and prime herself to where we could then get into fruitful leadership discussions so you know that's probably one aspect and the one thing i've noticed with a few other clients of mine that are faith-based is they're 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 scratching their heads because they're saying you know again i'm in this big company in fact this might be something that some of your listeners have dealt with. That you know, I worked in a company for, I don't, know, I reported to the same guy for a very, very long time. I don't want to give away names or anything, but, but you know, he was a he was a self proclaimed atheist, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody wants to impress the boss, so you know, their job their jokes become funnier, and mm-hmm. you know, they become better looking, and they become all those things, mm-hmm. and so you know, you feel like an outcast because. You know, um, it's hard to survive in an environment where everybody's trying to impress the one that has totally different beliefs than what you have. And so, you know, I've got some clients now that because I've been in that situation, they're kind of questioning themselves as to, you know, how does my job really give back to God? How How can I manufacture something out of my job that makes me feel good about my job and that it's faith-based and that's a very good question it's one that i'm having to work through with a lot of my clients and i'm having to say you know what um you know you don't have to be a pastor to minister Mm. you can you know i want you first we're going to talk about your job all the things it does do i mean it pays you very well it, uh, you know, you, they give you free time off. They give you, I fact a challenge. I said, I want to hear 30 things. And I know it's going to be a stretch, but I want to hear 30 things you like about your job. And the reason I did that, Simon, was because their job just allowed, this particular client just allowed him to go to Africa on a mission trip. This job allows him to be an elder in his church on his own time. And so, you know, sometimes our job is is a means to an end, and as long as it isn't impeding our faith, sometimes it's. And, and, and if I can just back up one second, he admitted, I don't think anybody even knows I'm a Christian here. Yeah. And that was a strong, strong coaching moment for him because he said, "It's not that I need to go out and shout it because that turns people off." but you know what there's probably other people in my boat that if i just put some nuggets out there maybe my maybe maybe this is a rich environment for me to talk about christ if i just kind of put it out there so there's a lot of different directions i took your question i apologize if i didn't answer it but anyway those are some things that come to my mind simon
1: yeah but i think you said something uh for me which has been a real battle uh over the years and i've i've mentioned this before because being in the construction industry uh, it's a very peer pressured industry, and I know other industries are as well. But uh, you said there about people joking and feeling that they've got to please the boss, and when you are the boss, there's also the reverse of that, where if if you are the boss, if you're the leader, and you've got a, a team that you know aren't Christians working for you, and they are having lunch and they're cracking the jokes, they're talking about inappropriate things, perhaps their their language is a bit fruitful. Uh, that is very difficult to actually, as a boss, be the outcast from. And you want to connect with your workers, you want to connect with your team, but I, I found it difficult because you try to be one of them. And by trying to be yeah. one of them, you get pulled into that, compromise and that is difficult so it's I think it's it's hard when you're an employee and you're trying to please the boss but it's actually to be the boss and trying to please the team and to please the workers is equally difficult and you know we have to be careful don't we, we don't find ourselves slipping and tripping and suddenly becoming too worldly in those conversations and getting pulled in by the enemy to perhaps say things we shouldn't say and laugh at things you know even a laugh at something that is inappropriate is still almost acknowledging it and you know a- accepted it and and that i've found personally very difficult over a number of years and i'm i'm glad you mentioned that because i'm sure many of the listeners are finding that difficult as well
0: yeah and you know one thing i'd like to mention too because you mentioned you know the salty language and things like that <clears throat> You know, I'm blessed to be around some very, very strong Christian leaders in my business. Now, people that are coaches to me, people that are business partners. And the one thing that's kind of come about in the last year that they've kind of taught me, and and I think they're very mature in their faith, is that in order to develop a really strong relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, you have to have those conversations just like you and I are having right here. Mm. And you have, they have to be real. And, you know, sometimes I'm angry, I'm angry at God, I'm angry for a lot of different things that I just don't understand that he'll explain to me. But, you know, God's heard all the words that, you know, that (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say sometimes. And so to talk to him in that language that is most common to you You don't have to force it but to talk to him in the language that is most common to you he's heard it you know what he's there for you he's he's a friend he's your dad he's your he's the guy that you know you you can sit there and again i if you had three podcasts i couldn't fill them up with how many situations that i just see in my career Boy, I tell you what, this there's no way out of this. I, I don't yeah. know what's happening. I, it couldn't be any worse. And about three or four years later, I look back and I say, oh my God, the laughs on me. I didn't <laughs> realize what God was doing right there during that time. Oh my goodness, did he really, he got, he got me a good one there. Yeah. And so anyway, that's happened so many times, but I'm just saying for your listeners, be you, be you with God. And, and if you're mad tell him you're mad tell him you're upset tell him telling him tell him how uh, how frustrated you are and and if you've got a salty, if you're yeah. if you're that kind of person then so be it he's heard yeah. it, but he wants to be your friend yeah
1: and I, and I think i think there's something else you said there because you know i, I remember um, going through a very difficult financial. Uh, situation uh, and I got a business that was really struggling, it was failing, it was the banking crisis, it was when I, when I was starting to become a, a coach and uh, it was a really difficult time and, and I prayed for delivery and do you know what Stan? I got every single penny that I needed to within a penny literally but I, I actually said God please don't keep leaving it till the last minute Because literally, I'd got money going out at 12 12 p.m. noon, and money would come in at 11.59. And I was like, you know, the anxiety it was causing. (laughs) And I was like, thank you for delivering what I needed, but please, please don't leave it till the last minute every time. You know, you're really, really not helping me here. And sometimes you have to have that honest conversation, don't you? And like you say, I've looked back at it afterwards and thought, do you know what? There was a lesson to be learned in that and, and there was always but but yeah. if I hadn't have voiced it I, I'd have actually had a pent-up frustration and that's never good in a conversation with God to to hold things back so I'm completely with you on that I, I want to come to the final question Stan because in your book you say living a rich and intentional life and I know for a lot of the listeners being in business raises many queries about wealth and I'm talking about all different aspects of wealth, wealth of mind, body, soul, and of course, the financial wealth. If if you were to give any words of encouragement to the listeners that are on their journey of faith, on the topic of rich, being rich in life and in business, what kind of encouraging words would you give them?
0: Well, you know, God has nothing against wealth god i mean solomon was the richest man on the face of the earth Mm. uh but yet you know it was those riches that you know started to take him into sin a sinful nature and so you know i know a lot of really strong christians that have a lot of wealth and but they know you know they give it a you know they know that there is a certain portion to give back. They know that there is, it's, it's a means to an end. It isn't, there. It isn't uh, their identity. And, and, and I know that even for me personally, I have to, I told you I have I am statements that I have to really work on uh, because when it comes to money, we all, you know, that's, that's why now we're talking trust. And I, and I know that that's a simple nature that, you know, that I've been in a lot of my life. But, you know, one of the things now that I say is, you know, I'm defined by my giving, not my net worth. And so, you know, you've got to flip the script a little bit as a business person. And as you accumulate wealth, we tend to take on an identity of our net worth. And, and, and really that isn't your identity. Your identity needs to be what, how you defined, uh, you know, your giving and your contribution to, to mankind. So that would be the one thing I would say is God does not mind wealth at all. He has made many great leaders wealthy. It's how do you keep connected with him during that journey and, and using his, not yours, yeah. His resources for all the right purposes in life. That's how we'll be measured.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you—you know, you, you said they're his wealth. And you know, we—we we don't have any children. We have lots of animals. And you know, what I pray for uh, every day is the the health of those animals. And we have horses. We you know, we have sheep. And a lot of people say, "Oh, you've got horses. Why you must have lots of money if you've got lots of horses." But for me the the things that i have i'm a steward of and god has given me a stewardship to handle that with discipline with respect uh, and with gratitude to god for having it and being able to use it uh, and we we let two horses go to a uh, a sanctuary a couple of years ago now and we prayed about it and it was a very heart-wrenching decision that we made but they got special needs these two ponies but we went to a show and these ponies were there being patted there were disabled children riding on the backs of them because we mm. trained them to be so gentle uh, with everybody and I think everything that we have in richnesses and in wealth if we treat it as though it's gods and we're just stewards of it for the time being it's not only how we handle it, listeners, I think it's how we pass it on to other people. We pass those ponies on in a good state for the better good. Um, and we're no longer yeah. stewards of them. The other people are. But, um, yeah, I've, I think you've said that very, very well. And uh, there, there are many layers of rich, richness that we can talk about perhaps uh, at some other time. But I think that's a great encouragement. Um uh, We've just about come to the end of the, the recording. Uh, as, as always, I want to thank you for being a great guest. And you've given us some quite important triggers, I think, to take away. Uh, and this podcast isn't about giving answers. This podcast is about getting you thinking differently. This podcast is about getting you to ask God to say, what do I do with this? And to build that relationship with him and with Jesus and to take that guidance of the Holy spirit. And you've added a new layer to this, uh, Stan, because I've always said, Jesus is like having a business partner sat in my office, but now we've got Jesus, the business partner. And we've got God as a CEO. I think that's a, that's a great, ah. and, and I'm probably going to add the spirit as a PA as well. Cause a PA is you, somebody you who guides you, you leads you, you. you. I think we've got the Trinity right there. Haven't we PA, business partner, CEO. I think we've we've got it right there. And and I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Uh, And as always, thank you for the time that you've given us. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Simon. I, uh, you know, what you're doing, I just admire so much. And, you you know, the final thing I, I would probably just say is, you know, as you talk to God, the one thing I have noticed in my entire career is that, yeah, you can talk to God, but don't be afraid to actually hit the knees don't be afraid to get down on the knees. And I've noticed that when I have taken on that humility is when I have been closer to God. And, and and there's been sinful things or things that have been on my mind. And when I actually get on my knees and I talk out loud, there's just a special, I don't know, frequency, I guess, yeah. that appears with God. And so don't be afraid. You'll never be taller than when you hit your knees. Yeah.
1: What a great way to end the podcast. Shall we finish with a prayer?
0: Let's do it. I'll take this one. Yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, hey Lord. Boy, there's somebody out there listening right now. I just know it. That just, uh, you know, they're searching. They want to find out, how do I I conduct myself in business, but yet keep that faith-based love that I have for you? And, And if there's anything that you put into Simon's mouth this morning or into my mouth that helps them, oh boy, just help it to uh, resonate, help it to, help it to be something, help, help Simon and I to be, you know, the blessing to someone that they needed this morning. And and, and for you listeners out there, trust me, uh, just, you know, help, just talk to God, give it to Him. Uh, Well, His ways are not our ways. And, uh, just you know we just can't even fathom there'll be an end day for all of us where we'll look back and we'll say oh that's that's that was your plan that was that was just masterful and so we just thank you lord for loving us for being our savior for being the one that you know again we just know it's you we know that you're the faith that is is the one that will lead us into eternity We thank you for that. I thank you for leading me to Simon uh, through mutual friends. I thank you for the people that you have yet to even introduce me to that you have planned that will further your word. And that not only goes for me, that goes for Simon, that goes to every listener on here, because you have a plan. Mm -hmm. We thank you for that love, Lord. Help be with us and just help be with Simon in this wonderful podcast as we praise in your name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Business as a Christian podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes and be sure to leave us a review. Thanks for listening.